Tuesday, May 15th, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reader. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, I want to take you to a story out of the Daily Wire. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio recently announced plans to open four supervised injection sites where illegal drug users can get their fix with no fear of arrest while medical professionals stand by to prevent fatal overdoses. The proposed overdose prevention centers would be safe consumption spaces where addicts can self-administer pre-obtained narcotics such as heroin, oxycotton, and other opioids. One elected official says, here is another example of liberal insanity, but I'd like to take it a step back further than that. Whenever we engage in sinful behavior, we engage in that which is destructive. And it's interesting how we will rationalize that which is destructive. And I try to tell people constantly in counseling situations is that sin never makes sense. Sin is insanity. An insane act is what sin is. But we find a way to rationalize it, to make it thinkable. And if you can make it thinkable, you can make it acceptable. And if you make it thinkable and acceptable, you can make it doable. So here we have an illegal act. That means it's a sin. Here we have a destructive act of the body which God has given us to serve him. The Bible says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, that we are to buffet our bodies and make it our servants instead of destroy our bodies. We are to actually build them up. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. So we try to understand how to be good stewards of our body. And here are the narcotics that actually destroy, and the government has every interest in the general welfare to set an environment whereby people cannot destroy a society by destroying themselves and their marriages. So that's what's in place. Now the view is, well, look, people are doing these drugs anyway, so let's make it safe. Let me give you a comparison. I sat in a school educational committee. And I was arguing for a sex education curriculum that focused upon abstinence. I was mocked and ridiculed. Don't you understand that our children are going to have sex? We're not going to teach your sacred sex concept that sex is to be to initiate and to procreate within marriage. What we're going to do is understand that our kids are going to have sex, so we want to make it safe for them. And I said, well, let me ask you something else. Are your kids going to lie? Well, yeah, they're going to lie. Well, are we going to have a curriculum on safe lying? Are your kids going to cheat? Are we going to have a curriculum on safe cheating? Do you think that there are some kids who might steal? Are we going to have a curriculum on safe stealing? Well, no, that would be ridiculous. I said, well, hold it. There's do not lie, do not cheat, do not steal. Those are commandments of God that were preceded by do not commit adultery. So why is it that you will take those commandments that we know our kids are going to transgress and not teach safe stealing, cheating, and lying, but you're willing to teach safe adultery, safe promiscuity? When in reality, it's not safe. And I can give you all the statistics of what happens physically and emotionally to people who have sex outside of marriage, and that's the sexually transmitted diseases and their epidemic that cannot be stopped. 
People are going to do drugs, so let's make it safe for them to kill themselves with drugs. How are you going to make it safe to kill yourself with drugs? You're going to kill yourself with drugs. Okay, you stop them from using a dirty needle. The drugs are still killing them. We've got a law that says you can't buy these drugs, but if they buy the drugs and they can bring their own, you remember the old, when you went to the restaurant, bring your own bottle, BYOB? Well, here is bring your own drugs, and if you bring your own drugs, we're going to give you needles, we're going to administrate it, and if something happens, we're going to medicate you, etc., etc. Listen, we already have places to medicate people if they have overdoses, and people understand what an overdose is, but now what we're going to do is help you kill yourself with drugs, and somehow we're going to call that compassion, that we are a compassionate society, and that's where the mayor de Blasio of New York now says to his people, people are doing drugs. We don't want them to kill themselves with the drugs. So we're going to give them safe drug taking by giving them four injection sites, provide the injection devices, provide the injection personnel. If they already have illegally obtained the drugs, they can bring them there in order to have them administered. Now, what are you going to do with them afterwards? I don't know what's going to take place. I don't understand any of that. But now you've got this insanity of providing a safe environment for somebody to kill themselves with the administration of drugs. While we're sitting here struggling with this opioid epidemic, and everybody knows that it is killing people, what we're going to do, we're going to help you administer the thing that's going to kill you. Now, by the way, we're going to help you so you kill yourself safely, is what we're doing. That's the insanity of our sin. And now you've got a national government that's put in a predicament just the same way it is in a sanctuary city. We've got a law that's being violated within that city. Do we step in on top of the city, which is now promoting the administration of illegal drugs? Is that what we're going to do? Are we going to step in on top of that? What are we going to do with that city? It's the same issue that they have with cities that say we're not going to administer the immigration policy of the nation. And now you've got the Drug Enforcement Agency that's got to step in on top of a city that is actually a drug administration center where people have purchased illegal drugs to have them administered there within the city. So that's where we are in that context. Now listen, when we see the insanity of sin, from a Christian world in life view, that should never amaze me. That doesn't mean I don't want to step in and speak to public policy that has sanity in order to love my neighbor. But it does mean this. I realize again and again and again, the only answer to such situations is the glorious truth of the gospel. And so as one of my friends said, who is a federal judge, he says, Harry, The church has to learn to be indignant and outraged over sin and compassionate and caring for the sinner. And that's what we have to do. And what marries the outrage of sin and the love of the sinner is the gospel message that Jesus Christ, the judge of all sin, came to bear your judgment for your sin at the cross and has come to give you life so that you can be set free from your sin, and that you can actually find a Savior in which you do not need to escape into the death throes of drug addiction. 
So to Mayor de Blasio, what I would encourage you to do, my friend, is I would encourage you to go to those evangelical churches, I can name some of them, who have wonderful ministry efforts to those who are engaged in drug abuse and drug addiction. And the answer is not to enable their drug addiction. Their answer is to reach them with the glorious truth of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ so that life can be lived abundantly in Christ who gives life everlastingly. Harry, on Wednesday's edition of Today in Perspective, I want to take you to a story which is rather encouraging. Couples who stay married for the long run end up happier, according to a new study by a Pennsylvania State University sociologist. Oh my goodness, you mean the covenant of marriage, a conjugal heterosexual lifelong relationship is actually good for people? Wow, a survey that affirms that? Wow, well what would that mean for public policy? What would that mean for our nation? And by the way, what does that mean for the church in light of where we are as a nation in terms of marriage? Let's talk about it tomorrow. We'll dig into that on Wednesday's edition of Today in Perspective. As we close out, let me remind you it's easy to subscribe to this podcast. On your smartphone or your tablet, go to your iTunes icon. Type in Today in Perspective with Harry Reader each and every weekday on your podcast icon will automatically download a new edition of Today in Perspective. A great way to stay in touch, a great way to never miss an edition of this podcast. We'll do stop by again tomorrow, Wednesday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective. Perspective.